Here's Dr. John Alton talking about misconceptions with miscarriages. That's probably the most common question that is, is asked, and it's really a tough question because there's nothing they did. The reasons for miscarriages are really unknown. Unfortunately, I have seen it all too many times now. Loved ones, friends and family who have suffered the unbearable loss of a pregnancy or pregnancies. And despite this monumental loss, women are speaking out in increasing numbers, not only to address the mental, physical, and emotional tolls of a miscarriage, but also to destigmatize the guilt that comes with it. Was it me? Did I do this? And so on and so forth. Joining us for this critical conversation on life after a miscarriage is Dr. John Alton, a board-certified obstetrician and gynecologist on the medical staff at Southwest General. This is Southwest General Health Talk. I'm Caitlin White. Dr. Alton, I'm going to ask you a few questions or thoughts from a mother or parents that they might be feeling right after this experience. The first is, was it something I did? That's probably the most common question that is is asked. And Mm -hmm. it's really a tough question because there's nothing they did. The reasons for miscarriages are really unknown but it's more of a random event, which the embryo, the sperm and egg met, made an embryo, and it just didn't get the right number of uh, chromosomes. Kind of like uh, a blueprint. The blueprint wasn't right, so the building made it so far, but that it couldn't stand on its own. So the analogy holds with miscarriages because it's the blueprint that's off. It's nothing the, the mom did. It's not from being too active or not active enough. It's a very difficult situation, except there's something patients don't have, have a control over. You kind of touched on it on my next question, but are there any underlying causes of a miscarriage? Really, it's very, very, very uncommon for women to have an underlying reason for miscarriages. A woman would have to have three miscarriages in a row or two back-to-back to to get a workup uh, to determine if there's something underlying. 99% of these workups are negative. What I recommend for patients is, you know, when they find out they're pregnant, obviously, not smoking is, is very important. So quitting smoking prior to pregnancy, alcohol use, stopping that when the pregnancy is documented. You know, people ask that question a lot, like, hey, I had was at a wedding, I had a couple of drinks, I didn't know I was pregnant yet. Did that cause a miscarriage? Absolutely not. That amount of alcohol use in the first two weeks prior to the positive pregnancy test is not related to miscarriage increase. You know, the ability of someone to accept that, uh, that they went and had fun and enjoyed themselves, and that might have caused it is really important to, for patients to understand and to get past that it wasn't that activity that did it. So now that it's happened, where do I go from here? Well, there's kind of uh, two ways I look at patients with miscarriages. From the time it's diagnosed to the time it's, it's resolved is one time, and the other time is from resolution to the next pregnancy or to the, to the next decision point. The first one is very physical-related, medical-related. What's the best way for the doctor to to help the patient through the miscarriage? And there's multiple ways. There's spontaneous, which is waiting for Mother Nature. There's medications and there's surgery. And and it's up to the doctor and the patient to sit down and figure out which situation is right for them. But then after the the miscarriage has has medically resolved, the emotional scars for it uh, can be around for a long time. 
after doing this job for many years, I am still amazed at the range of emotions that, that people can have with miscarriages. For some patients, they say it's fine, you know, they made it through, no big deal. For other patients, it can really cause an impact on their emotions or personal lives and leaves us some scar emotionally. And it's the loss of the baby's terrible. I mean, it's terrible if the baby's six weeks along or six years old. So no one can can understand that uh, personal loss more than that person. And how that person deals with it is really, you know, important to moving forward. And one person, I, I see it quite frequently in relationships, you know, one person, a couple, the, the maybe the spouse, I've seen it with the husbands just as much, you know, the fathers to be just as much as the mothers, that they're very much impacted by what they could have done to help prevent it. You know, and like we said, there's really nothing they could have done either, you know, and sometimes they're more emotionally, you know, kind of handicapped by it. I really strongly recommend for couples, if this uh, difference in emotional response is there for them to, to see counseling to talk to, to professionals, you know, regarding this, this issue, because it can handicap some, some relationships. Mm, absolutely. On the more logistical side of things, I mean, what are the steps that occur after having a miscarriage? You know, the most important thing is the counseling part of the patients mm-hmm. will ask, hey, what's the chance this happening again? And that's, the, that's the, the question that I get most frequently. And the chance for a miscarriage is about 10 to 15 percent per pregnancy. It's pretty high. Once some are sharing this information, they'll find out other friends or family members that have had losses as well. Um, some of that is dependent on age. Obviously, someone over 40 is a little higher chance for a repeat miscarriage. Um, but I tell them, basically, I recommend, counsel them that they need to emotionally be ready physically. They can get pregnant the next cycle. They'll start ovulating and they could potentially get pregnant two to three weeks, you know, after the the loss is complete. But the emotional part of it, I think, needs to be kind of reconciled. There has to be some time for that grief. Like I mentioned earlier, the chance of it happening second uh, time is, is about 10%. But at Times of those happen that people haven't really, you know, made it through the, the grieving for the first one. It can be uh, pretty devastating. Um, but I really recommend my patients after they have the miscarriage, you know, um, and they're ready to start trying right away. There's no reason to wait three months. It's kind of some old school thinking. Uh, the reason it was was because uh, years ago, decades ago, you couldn't find out if the, this is a new pregnancy or still the miscarriage that the patient had. Nowadays, with early ultrasounds and pregnancy tests, we can determine that. I also recommend that as soon as they find out they're pregnant, you know, there's really nothing that the doc can do to prevent it. You know, that's the other part of it. I get asked, like, could the doctor have done anything? Hey, if we would have known sooner, what could we have done? And the answer is no. But the one thing I pride my practice on is making sure we can give them that reassurance that's needed, that early ultrasound that shows that everything's starting off okay. does not guarantee anything, but anxiety for those rainbow baby pregnancies are very high. Rainbow baby pregnancies is, is a term that kind of just got thrown out there a while back, and I really like it. It's the it's the pregnancy after the miscarriage. Oh. Uh, seeing that through to a viable pregnancy, a viable baby at the end of it is really probably uh, one of the most exciting times for moms. It causes a lot of joy and reflection. Obviously, they're still grieving the loss of their their miscarriage, but they're you know uh, pregnant again and excited about it, but also very anxious. So those rainbow baby pregnancies, the one after, we really want to make sure and do the best we can to decrease that anxiety and uh, give them some reassurance that everything's going fine. Now, aside from the emotional tolls of miscarriage, is there any reason a couple should wait to have sex after a miscarriage? No, I think that's a personal preference. Obviously, if they you know want to have if the pregnancy was unplanned and they want to space things out and maybe not get pregnant right away, they should need to talk to their 
physician or a nurse practitioner about birth control options, but after the uh, miscarriage is complete and they have clearance from their physician, their nurse practitioner, that would be uh, totally fine to uh, full activities, exercise, working out, intercourse, really no restrictions at that point. And when might there be a time to try alternative treatments, IVF or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a question that when so I mentioned earlier about this thing called a recurrent miscarriage, and that's when people have three miscarriages. Now, the definition of those can vary, but it's three miscarriages. If I have a, a patient that has had two miscarriages back to back without a live birth, having a live birth really puts a lot of reassurance in there. So if a mom has a baby at home and it was an uncomplicated pregnancy and then they had two miscarriages, there's still a very, very high chance they'll have another viable pregnancy without any issues. But if a mom has not had a baby and has had two miscarriages back to back or three miscarriages total, there's a workup that can be done, blood work on the mom a little bit, blood work on the dad to check the chromosomes to make sure that her her hormone levels are functioning okay that could support a pregnancy, make sure there's nothing wrong with the inside of the uterus. So there's a full workup. And then after that, sometimes IVF or uh, what they call superovulation is is something that could be done appropriately through a reproductive endocrinologist. Great. Well, doctor, a lot of great information here. Is there anything you'd like to add to this conversation that maybe we didn't touch on yet? Uh, No, I think we hit on everything really well. I just want to reemphasize and uh, thank you for the opportunity to talk about this because you know, when miscarriages happen, people don't expect them. And, you know, it's not something that used to happen in the dark. You know, people would have miscarriages at home. You know, I really encourage patients to talk to their family members, talk to the people they trust, the people they love, and speak to their physician about the miscarriage and and keep that dialogue going. Well, Dr. Alton, thank you so much for being a guest and helping out families who have experienced a miscarriage with such grace and comfort. To learn more about Southwest General's maternity services, visit us online at swgeneral.com. This is Southwest General Health Talk. I'm Caitlin White. We'll see you next time.